All right, let's talk about what's going on in BC politics because there's a lot actually going on today. Joining us now is Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. The legislature's back today, a December present for those of us who follow BC politics closely, and I'm just edge of my seat excited about it all. Is that what that sounds like? Is that what that is? (laughs) (laughs) So I see uh, uh, our colleague Richard Zussman, who's the gallery president as well, as if he didn't have enough work to do for Global TV. Right. he put a note out to us last night saying he just learned that everybody who works at the buildings has got to fill out one of these um, daily COVID-19 self-assessments. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, yeah, no, I know I know people do, but you know the legislature, you know, around the legislature, you kind of assume that whatever applies to the rest of the province doesn't really apply to the legislature. Turns out it does. Um, I'm not going into work anyway, as you know. Uh, some of us are, uh, not that many of us, and... Uh, uh, my office is in a building next to the legislature that's mostly vacant, except for the, the magisterial president of Keith Bal- presence of Keith Baldry. So I, I wouldn't you. affect me even if I were going in, but I'm not. Um, so that's the first thing we discovered this morning. It will be, as you know, a mostly virtual session or a hybrid like we had over the summer. There'll be some members there and many members operating from home uh, via Zoom in the chamber. First order of business today is to elect a new Speaker of the Legislature. Okay, and so what what are we hearing about that? Well, be Raj Chuan, a new Democrat from Burnaby, um, long-suffering, one would have to say. He's been the Deputy Speaker under Daryl Plekis for the last three and a half years, and if you don't think that involved biting your tongue from time to time. Um, the So he'll be the Speaker uh, the deputy speaker, which is also, uh, it, it has to be, he has to be elected, but the government is nominating him. They've got a majority, and I think it'll be unanimous. Uh, Raj is a good guy. Um, the deputy speaker will be Spencer Chandra Herbert, who uh, will step into that role. And the legislature includes a speaker position, uh, sort of an assistant deputy speaker, which is uh, uh, filled by a member of the opposition. Right. And that will probably be Norm Letnick uh, of the Liberals. He was the health critic in the last House, uh, worked very closely with Adrian Dix uh, in getting the message out about the pandemic. Um, I guess, I don't know. Uh, Letnick's a good guy and uh, honest and hardworking. Um, I think partly this signals that the Liberals realize that uh, while it was probably a good thing to get a common message out about the pandemic, uh, now that we've had an election and the government's ridden to power, taking credit for all of the work that all three parties did together, maybe it's time for a new health critic, and there is one. So uh, Letnick will be the assistant deputy speaker of right. the new house. That's a bit unfortunate it though because I, I know that like Sonia first know Norm Letnick and Adrian Dix had worked together on a lot of initiatives uh, even I think Norm Letnick had even been given a couple of announcements for writings to make in the interior it's it just it was nice to see that kind of partnership it was very nice to see that in fact the lieutenant governor made a point in the chamber of thanking all three parties for the common front for common communication for backing up we were spared hair 
there in British Columbia, some of that really vicious yeah. division that we saw elsewhere. So, yeah, it was a good thing. Um, I, the best comment I saw on it was Mary Polak, who was the Liberal House leader in the last House, and she lost her seat in the election. And she said, yeah, we did do a lot of common communication. We did work together. We had joint town hall meetings and yeah, maybe that cost the Liberals a few seats because the government, as you know, capitalized on it, called an early election, took credit for everything. And she said maybe it cost us a few seats, but it was still the right thing to do. And, you know, I think when the years pass and we look back on it, maybe we'll recognize that the opposition really did do an honorable job on this. Absolutely. Thing. Paid a big political price and... We may argue in years to come whether when that cooperation ended, because the government called an early election that it didn't need to call, um, there was a lag in communicating the joint message out to the public. I think we'll have to wait now for the postmortems in order to establish that. But it, it's an interesting political story, very rare, and I would guess in the future political parties in opposition will always stop and go, mm. how closely should we work for the government on this? Uh, might they take advantage of our cooperation and hit us right. with an early election and say we did it all by ourselves? I think that's unfortunate because like, I, yep. I did enjoy seeing that. And I would, also, I would argue that perhaps the problem was with the BC Liberals not tuning their messaging. You can still disagree with people and cooperate with them on certain issues. And if they didn't point that out to people, well, that's yeah. that's their fault. Yeah. No, I mean, look, the Liberals ran a terrible campaign, and I think they were destined to lose that election anyway. But uh, it is, you know, when we get to recriminations and settling scores and in the right. years ahead, we'll be talking about it. Anyway, today is a great day for, as I make it, from the government's election platform. 80% of British Columbians were going to get the enabling legislation right. for thousand dollar economic recovery benefits for families and five hundred dollars for individuals the government said that that would apply the new democrats said in their election platform the money would be coming if they got reelected, and that um, that would apply to about 80% of us. So right. that's a fair number of people uh, that are going to get the money. And the premier, let's get this clear. He said it the first day. He wanted to make it clear. This is not an attempt to buy votes. Right. That's right out. And I don't know where sure. people get these cynical notions. Uh, vote for me and I'll give your family a thousand bucks or I'll give you 500. Please. Like, why would people assume that that was an attempt <laughs> to buy votes? I do enjoy that. I, but I, do, I definitely want to ask you about this, uh, you know, taking out the trash on Friday afternoon situation yeah. for the health ministry and Adrian Dix. Yeah, you know, Adrian Dix is available on an almost daily basis to talk about things, but this one he handled with a press release. He has intervened in the Provincial Health Services Authority. So there's six health authorities in the province. Five of them handle regions, and then the Provincial Health Authority handles a whole bunch of centralized stuff, the Children and, William, Children and Women's Hospital, the Cancer Agency, also the BC Centre for Disease Control. And Dix has stepped in and appointed an independent reviewer and frozen the Provincial Health Authority's ability to spend money on some things, uh, like more office renovations and executive things and stuff like that. 
uh, for three mo- for a couple of months until January because of allegations of unnecessary renovations and other spending errors. So it's a significant intervention. Yeah. I can't think of another time when the health ministry has stepped in on this. It doesn't mean that everybody is found guilty there, but the uh, Dick saw enough evidence, or the deputy health minister, Stephen Brown, saw enough evidence to warrant this, uh, as I say, extraordinary intervention. And, uh, you know, it, it, the Center for Disease Control isn't accused of anything, but the overarching apparatus that manages the health, provincial health authority is, uh, I, it's fair to say, under a cloud. Pending oh, the outcome yeah. of this review. The minister wouldn't have stepped in and the, the ministry wouldn't have stepped in if there hadn't been some legitimate concerns. I took a look at some of those details. You're talking about a lot of catered meals there yeah. and money that was not spent wisely, it sounds like. Yeah, you know, um, they, they're accused of having bought a bunch of dysfunctional masks right at the beginning. Uh, on that one... Uh, there were a lot of unknowns at the time. Uh, there was a scramble to put hand to masks. I, I'm not sure on that one that right. y- the conclusion won't be at the end of the day, well, as sort of a rush job. There was a lot of rush jobs going on. But the uh, unnecessary spending on renovations and the catered meals, bad optics yeah. when people in British Columbia are, uh, you know, and. A lot of people are struggling. A lot of people are having trouble making ends meet. Uh, That just looks bad, and I'm not sure how this is going to come to an end, but there is an independent reviewer. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to report back uh, mid-January, and until then, Provincial Health Services Authority is limited in how it can Hmm. spend money. It's under the watch now of the Ministry of Health. Interesting. All right. Thank you, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Simi.